utopia of social media and churches because you know you can lead a horse to water but you can't force it to drink which has been a lot of my experiences current employment past employment like even teaching other churches how to do all this um ultimately people are gonna do what they want to do and so it's a it's been a long hard battle to fight but i haven't ever changed my stance or wavered on one unified presence is the best presence Welcome to the Social Media Church Podcast. I'm Neil Smith, joined by my co-host, Aaron Magnuson, and I am joined for the first time, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm so, uh, I don't even know the words to say, um, like disappointed in myself um, that this is the first time that, that Haley Vetteris is on this podcast in like four years of my doing that, maybe five years. Um, and Haley is the, if you don't know Haley, uh, she she's like the church social media everything you know like she just knows it she's done it she's lived it she's who i modeled my social media at cbc after i'm so glad you're here Haley. thanks for joining us so great to be here long time listener first time caller <laughs> you, you were you were actually i went back because i was like there's no way i didn't have Haley on and you were on with DJ early days of the podcast. Uh, so you have been on the podcast, but this was like six years ago. You know, uh, anything pre-COVID life, like just feels like a different life. Yes, so, yes, true. Yeah, happy to be so, here today. So we're in a new world of social media. Um, and it. Uh, we're also in the midst of a new social dilemma uh, that, that we are all approaching and has stirred up all kinds of social media news. Um, but Haley, so we've got so many things to talk about. Uh, I'll try to keep this not two hours long for the sake of your time. Uh, but I know our listeners would love it to be three hours long. Uh, but Haley, talk about Bayside. So you're at Bayside, or maybe even your story. So you were at Saddleback, now you're at Bayside. Talk about what you do and what you've done through the years when it comes to social media and church. Yeah, so basically stumbled upon this career. I, you know, I went to school with um, a, to get a communications degree with an emphasis in media studies, and I did five internships in college in every different aspect of media because I just wasn't sure where I fit. And then I ended with an internship at Fox 6 News in San Diego, which if you look it up, the affiliate's not there anymore. They moved away. It's what happens sometimes in the news cycle. Um, but I thought that's where I was going to be, and I would wanted to be an executive producer for a broadcast news program. Um, God is gracious and good, because I don't think I could work in the news today um, with the state to which it's come to. But he had very different plans for me, called me to ministry. I did a two-year unpaid internship at Saddleback Church, my home wow, church. Wow, two years. And two years, and got my master's in theology in that time as well. Okay. Where'd, you, where'd you get your master's? Um, Golden Gate Baptist Theological Seminary, oh, yes. which is now yes. called Gateway. Lots of yeah. transitions have happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My little so life. You grew, so you grew up at Saddleback, though? That was your home church? I grew up at a smaller Southern Baptist church in okay. Orange County, down the street from Saddleback. Senior year, I was like, these 12 boys in this youth group all play video games, and we're just not, <laughs> I'm not connecting or jamming. Can't yep. be the only girl in the youth group. Yep. Um, went up the street to Saddleback, um, nice. where I got connected with other kids my age. So, yeah, I love yeah, it. from senior year on. Yeah. Okay. So, 
did a two-year internship, still wasn't quite sure where God had me. Um, I was in youth ministry for a year and a half, doing high school ministry, and I'm helping run the production team there, teaching kids how to produce and work HD cameras in their brand new building. And um, it was at the end of that two year, oh, then I went to one of our church plants there. And at the end of the two years, um, the communications pastor was like, I heard you know things about social media because my sisters and I were local influencers in Orange County. Okay. And I was like, yeah. So I went to work on the communications team, doing part-time social media, part-time admin work on the team, and then part-time volunteer coordinating. So like, you know. Yeah. Like everyone else at every other church with multiple yep. hats until yep. um, the second day of my job, I must say, um, Jim Dobbs, who was the communications yeah. director at the time, was like, oh, we have a retreat for other communications directors at our ranch, and they want to hear from you. This is the second day of this job. I didn't even really know what we did at South awesome. yet. That's so awesome. Jim Panda and I sat on a like little two-person panel, and they I just asked it. us questions, and yeah. wow. it was crazy. So just hopped right in and didn't intend to be a pioneer in this space, but God intended it, and he's just been so gracious in paving a pathway and a platform, and mm-hmm. I've never been about the platform, if you know me at all. Um, that's why I don't have personal websites pimping myself out. Um, <laughs> I just you, have what are you saying about people with personal yeah. websites, Haley? That hurts. That hurts. I think it's so great. Uh, <laughs> I just feel like I've been called to the trenches of ministry. It's totally. so easy to work for yourself. It. It's yes. very hard, very hard to work at a church yes. under pastors that always will tell you that they know more about communications than you do. So yep. I think that's been yes. there's a healthy tug and pull with that. Yep. But it's definitely harder on this side. I think, you know, most of my colleagues yes. in the space are out and working yes. for themselves. And yes. You're the only person I know, Haley, honestly, who has <laughs> survived uh, because it's tough. I mean, it's a grind. Yep. And I think so many people, it's interesting to see the journey from when you started to where you are, because back then it was like, well, social media can't be a full-time job. Like that's a side <laughs> thing that you do. Like administrative support is way more important than the mm-hmm. social media uh, little hobby project. And now it's like, can one person even do social media, you know, effectively? Right. Um, and so I love how it's progressed, but it's crazy to think it's a short amount of time from when you yeah. started it, it, theoretically. Um, so, so, so you saddle back, uh, talk about what, what that's then developed and, and what you're doing today. Yeah. So theoretically I was in the communications team there as a social media manager for seven and a half years, seven and a half years, um, nine and a half total at Saddleback. And then, um, I was ready for that next step. Like being a social media manager is exhausting. The channels never turn off. You know, this, and you know, directors don't want to give you help. They, they think you're enough to do this job and it's crazy because there's way more people working on the weekend bulletin than on a social media team that gets broadcast to way more people more frequently. Um, So I feel like I've been fighting this battle for a very long time, 10 years at this point. Uh, But I was ready to move up and move on to what was next. But like, where when you're a pioneer in the space, like, where do you even graduate to? What's the next logical step up? as a promotion for social media manager. And I found that at Bayside as a director of digital engagement. Um, if you ask me on different days, I'll tell you different answers. That's what exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's what that I wanted to know. I'm yeah. not actually, let's, ha- let's ask the question in a different way. Haley, do you know of another church that has a comparable role to this or is Bayside being a pioneer in this? 
I don't know of another person that does what I do. I know of a lot of people that have taken the title of what I do, if that oh, makes great. any sense. So the title yeah. sounds nice, but I don't know anyone else producing original content for their church channels outside of the weekend teaching. Yes. Um, also still daily engaging on social media platforms and channels and optimizing them for your church. Um, yes. Doing creative storytelling through marketing, all of that all tied into one. I don't really know anyone else can, doing all of that. That's but. good. Can, can we nail down there for a second and just be really practical for our listeners? So maybe a big distinction between somebody who has taken your title, but doesn't do what you do. And then maybe specifically what you do and how many people help you do that and why Bayside has focused on it. That's a lot, but that it's, it's worth it. I'm fa- like, I want to hear this answer. <laughs> this is for me if it's nobody else. I remember else. all of the questions that were packed into that one big the question. First thing is, the first thing is, why, what is the distinction between what you do and somebody who's taking your role that does not do what you do? Like taking your title, but doesn't do what you do. Yeah. At church. So a lot of people who've taken the role are basically social media managers. They just wanted a higher title. And um, maybe they oversee a volunteer. Maybe they oversee or work with a graphic designer and a videographer. Um, But they're really just managing a social channel. And that's the extent, um, managing content, posting content, all of that. Um, What I get to do is on more of a leadership level of working with the leadership teams from our video department, from our graphic design um, team, and producing specific content for these channels. Um, I produce shows too. So kind of like God is good because I wanted to um, produce broadcast news shows, programs, and now I get to produce um, life-changing, impactful stories for God's kingdom for the church. So we're trying to model our... It's, we're going through kind of a weird season right now with our teams because, you know, churches love to decentralize and then recentralize if you have multi, multi-site and multiple campuses. So we're kind of decentralizing right now for some teams to support their local campuses a little more focused. And then our global communications team, if you will, is where I sit. And so like the person that worked for me got pulled to a campus. So now I'm kind of back to doing even more of the grind, um, which is fine because like you sharpen your tools by using them. And so your team, Haley, right now is you. Yes, correct. Wow. Yeah, that's. I think people would assume there was an army. You know, I think people. I assume that at Saddleback too, that there was an army doing all the things that you were doing. So when you're producing your own, you're you're working with like somebody's holding the camera, doing doing those sorts of things. So maybe elaborate on what producing your own stuff is and how that's different. Because like uh, the thing that I can think of is like when you, we, uh, for a long time, churches had online campuses, right? But really they were just broadcasting their services. You don't really have an online campus until you actually have a person pastoring that campus, right? And so I, I'm hearing you say something similar where people might think that they're producing their own stuff. But what I'm hearing is that you're, you're like actually producing stuff. So how is it different than maybe what another church, hey, we're making our own stuff, but you're producing something. Can you like sit there and kind of separate those two things? And I can't yeah, believe that- absolutely. I can't believe you're the only one who's doing that. <laughs> this how do you is a, not have a team. Well, this is a weekly show that I produce every week um, called The Flip Side with Kurt Harlow. We just got these mugs made. I was really super pumped it. about awesome. it. Um, Coffee is a big part of the show, too, but it's really like a theological theology show, but it's taking the weekend teaching because you know those pastors can talk way more than 30 minutes 
some of them do talk more than 30 minutes, but um, we give them an 30, another 30 minute platform to make it more of a conversation. And Pastor Kurt Harlow is the host, even if he didn't teach that weekend, because we have team teaching at Bayside. So we have a deep teaching bench that we like to pull from live teaching at every single campus, at least um, one to two teaching pastors at each campus as well. And a lot of them rotate to other campuses to um, make a little appearance and, and teach there. So Kurt Harlow is one of our pastors, is always the host of the show, and then I help find another guest. Um, at one point, we had two guest formats, so three people talking, but now it's just he and one other guest, and we do some pour-over coffee, and they unpack the weekend teaching a little deeper, and then sometimes just off-the-cuff questions, and it's really cool because people get to know that pastor on a deeper level and those guests as well, and we just filmed the 102nd episode yesterday. So it's a weekly thing, and yeah, so I'm in the back, like, pouring the coffee, I'm keeping the time, I'm giving them the five-minute warning, we're doing the intro, filming after that, and then I'm actually also, like, the video guys set it up for me, but they go and shoot other things after that, and I'm, like, tapping the screens to help um, make the cuts, like, live during filming, so we don't have to do that in post-production. So we've kind of tried to refine the process, but literally like most days, it's a one-man show. Um, but I definitely have a great team that helps set it up. The team also went on site down to Bob Goff's ranch a few weeks ago to go start a new show called Finding Good. Um, another pastor, Andrew McCourt, goes on this quest to find good. Is there any good left right now in That's the world? That's awesome. So he went down and filmed with Bob Goff at his ranch in San Diego that a lot of people don't know about, but you can schedule a team to go down and have a personal retreat down there with wow. his ranch and like all these great horses. And yeah, it's amazing. So that's, we filmed four episodes. I think they're still filming a couple more, um, but it's nice. like a mini series. We want to have original shows like that on our YouTube channel, on our app where people can go and, be encouraged for what they're going through right now. So kind of like Disney Plus, they have a lot of original content that they're coming out with. Um, so we try to do that. And then if campuses want to produce their own content and it's it's good standalone stuff, we'll highlight that and feature that on the main Bayside channels. So that's, cool. that's what I mean when I'm saying a lot of people uh, do not do what I'm doing right now. Yeah, right. So Haley, how, because this this so many churches are just focused on the weekend and we can't, like we're too busy keeping up the weekend to even think about doing anything beyond the weekend. What's the goal and what's the goal of, of these initiatives and how does it align to the bigger goal of Bayside Church? Yeah, so at Bayside, we want to um, reach wide, teach deep and unleash compassion. Those are our three nice. main points. So this is part of the goal of reaching wide and teaching yep. deep. Okay. Um, and then through some of the shows, we do show how we can unleash compassion. Right yep. now at one of our campuses, we have this do good challenge, hashtag do good challenge. You can look it up where we just wanted people to go out into the community and do good, be Jesus in your community. Yeah. So we kind of have a little mini show um, that we're producing about that. So it's showing moments of our church being compassionate to others in the community, which is really cool to see. Um, and actually churches, like if you broadcast some of the, I know it's weird to do, but if you broadcast some of those like compassion projects that your church is working on, those yeah. get the highest engagement because people yeah. love seeing the church be the church. Stop trying to get so creative with, um, graphic image posts. Those were so seven years ago, <laughs> maybe longer. I don't know. I'm tired of them at this point. Yes. Um, but 
Joe, you're Can you just repeat that one more time, Haley? Please. Can you just repeat that one more time so that everybody Loudly hears that that's listening to this podcast? Loudly. No more no I'm more graphic. Getting hung memes. up on your graphic posts and graphic quotes from the weekend on a post and start showing your church be the church through either photography, videography, storytelling. Um, there's different ways to do that, but we don't need graphic uh, like an instagram feed full of graphic images no one's going to follow that or like that or engage with that and so try to go beyond the box at this point Uh, i'm making a graphic i'm making a a graphic text for that for this podcast (laughs) and i'm not Uh, saying like you don't have to abandon them from your strategy completely they do serve a place um but that is the whole strategy for most churches yeah exactly Yeah. Wow. So, so in Haley, how are you measuring success? So, so yeah, great question. It makes sense how, how it's aligning. Uh, but what, and at the end of the day, how, how are your bosses defining that this investment is worth the investment? Well, I think this COVID season has forced all of us to look at metrics completely differently. Why was the only successful metric before butts in the seat? That's never, I think right now yes. we're realizing that might not have shown us have, like what, we should be measure, measuring yeah. in the past. So why aren't we counting salvations and baptisms and weighing a little more heavily on that and who's going through our discipleship processes? Yeah. Um, but I think the craziest thing was most churches never counted online Facebook Live views. Yeah. Even if a person sat, I had a couple watch one of our um, Bayside Church Facebook Lives because we were, did not have an online campus before COVID, believe it or not. Wow. We were wow. only streaming to Facebook okay. because what's in the seats matter the most. Yeah. If we're streaming it everywhere, why would people come put their butt in the seat? Yep. Missing the point completely, but we've definitely learned and launched seven online campuses, one for each yeah. teaching location that we have. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's been Go crazy. from nothing to everything. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah, so we had a couple on their honeymoon in Orlando fly across the country three hours ahead, tune in to a Sunday night service at 7 p.m. It's 10 p.m. on their honeymoon. Do you know what most couples are doing on their honeymoon at 10 p.m.? Not watching church. Aaron knows. (laughs) 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 Yeah, in in Florida, no less, right? They watched the whole service, and we wouldn't have counted that before as part of our weekend attendance because they physically in the location which well it had less to do with them not being physically there and more to do with that they weren't paying attention when it was on it just happened to be in the background they were were engaging in the chat stream that's like above engaging yeah (laughs) so with all that being said Nels um, we take weekend views we look at that for the online streams and our Facebook live streams and our YouTube where we, we we have it everywhere you can be basically and but for for digital, we want to look at reach and engagement. It's important to know, like, what is that net that you're casting out there with the fish analogy? <laughs> how yes. far is the net casting and how many potential fish can you reach? You're yes. not going to reach all of them. You're all, the net's only so big to reach so many, which is why we need so many churches out there with their nets casting out to different types of fish. And yes. so we want that. But then we also know, like, the fish we do have, are they engaging with our church? Yeah, are yeah. they calling it their church home versus so we love watching your church that's a big indicator too that someone's not engaged in your community and calling it your church home so reach and engagement like mm. it's nothing new really sorry yeah. guys like it's been <laughs> for well, 10 plus years 
Yeah, but but it, but I think it is a new mindset that that you've been doing for ten years, uh, but not everyone uh, ha, has been doing. And this is this is a whole new world. Our our podcast has just about tripled in the last six months. Um, we're not doing anything well, different. Starting for the content you offer on the show. <laughs> well, I think they it's are just now because you're on this topic. This topic has has kind of been an afterthought, and it's been funny to watch of you know, early days when we were doing this, like we were, we were heretics, you know, for like yes. encouraging social media. And then it was like, well, you're cute, you know, like, oh, it's a nice little fun hobby that maybe you're going to reach a few extra people to now like, oh, wow, if we didn't have this, what, how would we even like, we'd be dead today as a church. Uh, and some churches are now because they chose not to. Um, I'm curious, what, what platforms are you seeing? I mean, one of the things we've seen in the last decade MySpace came and went, you know, we saw uh, Periscope kind of come and fizzle out, you know, for the most part. And, and so I'm curious what, what you're seeing. A lot of people are predicting and Facebook for a long time has been saying it's dying. Um, is it dead? I'm, I'm curious what your, what your take is on TikTok, on YouTube, and where are you investing the majority of your time and energy? I mean, I don't want China following me around, so I deleted TikTok. <laughs> you deleted it, so the church base side's not touching TikTok. No, uh, yep. not from the main brand channels. I think student ministries-wise, okay. great. That's definitely yep. a great place to connect. It's yep. funny because I have seen like a lot of my slightly older friends, their dads of like tweens. They're yep. very engaged on it with their kids. Okay, um, but there's kind of that middle ground that's. Um, in their adulting prime that don't yet have children yep. that are not engaged on it at all. And that's our primary yeah. audience for Bayside. So we know it's yep. just not the space for our target audience. Yes. In churches, if your audience is not on that social site, you don't need to be there. You don't need yep. to waste your time. Yep. So um, I think Twitter is obviously like dying and dead. And I, I honestly, when I go on there, feel demonic spirits. Uh-huh. <laughs> taking over and I'm like, I don't know what's going on here. Like we're going to keep casting the light, but there's not, there's very low engagement there. Churches who are not updating their LinkedIn page. What a miss. Why aren't you doing that? Um, okay. Definitely be on LinkedIn. Not yeah. a ton of engagement there, but to have a presence for your church, I think is a big deal. And especially if you're looking to hire outside, yeah. um, find a spot where you can be an authority in the business world and encourage business leaders that way on those pages. I love it. Um, YouTube though is the biggest untapped resource yes. out there. When I went to yes. the social media roundtable last year um, at Life Church in Oklahoma, I could not believe the churches that were I was in the room with that were not on YouTube. I know they mm. all got on it right after that <laughs> conference, <laughs> right? But I was stunned. Dave Adamson yeah. and I were just like, "What is going on here?" Yeah, um, right. but it was basically. It was shocking. YouTube is the number two search engine after Google. It's owned by Google. So why wouldn't you be on there and have a presence on there? Yes. Especially with your weekend teaching. And Man. that's one thing for Bayside. We're optimizing YouTube for all that extra content as well. And our kids shows are on there. Yep. Our students have a channel um, that we feature on our channel. Yep. And our college ministry is now streaming through our main channel. So it's yeah. just such a great resource that I would encourage every church to get on and to, um, to utilize with keyword rich descriptions, yes. keywords, links to your church website, yes. works with Google. So you want people to find your church through YouTube as well. And you want people to find your YouTube channel through yes. Google. 
So use those same church links to talk to each other and it connects. It's amazing to me that we are in 2020. I'm really glad you brought this up, Haley. Nils and I just did an episode. It's a couple episodes before this. Or it might be the one right before this episode if you're listening. Uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I can't believe we're in 2020 and we're saying YouTube is untapped. That, that I can't just, believe we're in 2020 and we don't have flying cars. You know? Well, that's, that, there's and that the, as And well. the floating skateboard. I mean, we should yes. have that. We tried. <laughs> Those were scary. It's just, I'm so glad you brought that up. It's just crazy because it takes, it really takes nothing like that. You're like, even if you're just reposting and doing exactly what you said, thinking a little bit about your title, thinking a little bit about your description, linking, like at the very least, you're creating a stumbling block that somebody might encounter even five years down the road because there's still going to be on YouTube. Uh, it's just such time well spent and it's amazing where we waste it. Uh, but I'm really, yeah. It, yeah. So, so elaborate a little, or Nils yeah. probably has a question. Well, and I, and I'd, I'd love to hear your best practices. Of, yes. Should please. you have multiple channels? Like even with your campuses, do you have multiple channels with your kids or do you do everything in one channel? How are you? Because I think we're in this place uh-huh. that people are adopting it, but they don't know what to do with it. And it's like Facebook where everybody just, you set up a profile for your church and it's like, no, you should actually have a page and you should actually use groups. Uh, but what, how, how should they, how should a church structure their YouTube presence? In Haley's utopia of social media and churches, because, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't force it to drink, which has been a lot of my experiences, current employment, past employment, like even teaching other churches how to do all this. Um, Ultimately, people are going to do what they want to do. And so it's a it's been a long, hard battle to fight, but I haven't ever changed my stance or wavered on one unified presence is the best presence. Is there, so I've only been at multi-site churches and they fall under one brand in one name, Saddleback Church, Bayside Church. Um, If that brand held no weight and was not important, all the campuses would have their own brand and their own name. But there's something about being unified under one umbrella. So why is that different on our digital presence? Um, And every campus, every ministry wants to have their own brand and their own logo and their own presence. And at some point, I've just said, okay, like, good luck to you. Like, you don't know how to do this. You don't know the work it's going to take. You barely have enough volunteers to run your ministry. You're going to find someone to run a social media channel full time. Like, we all know how difficult that is. But I guess at some point, some people need to figure out. So I always think one Bayside Church YouTube channel house the different ministries and encourage them to produce content on there. So you're not having to produce all of that as a communications team or as a team of one, even Um, now, especially during COVID, they had no other way to communicate with their people other than communications channels. So what seminars, what not just zoom calls, even like what original content can you give to your people, especially like, People are struggling with their finances, like content that meets a felt need. If you're struggling with your finances, do a five-week series or training course. Make it like a talk show, or you can do just a talking head type of video. There are so many options out there, and it's crazy because I don't think we've ever been at a time such as now when resources are not an excuse. You have a phone. You have a computer with a camera. Set it up and press play like or press record. So I, I still say one main channel that highlights the different campuses and different ministries is always going to do better. It's better together. Um, 
So you, so, so let me push, push back on it a little bit of, of we're talking one channel and probably lots of playlists. So you'd put like the different children's ministry under a unique playlist. The, the, the pushback would be, I look at somebody and I'm just looking at other people's strategies like Joe Rogan. He puts his three hour podcast on the Joe Rogan channel. And then he has Joe Rogan clips on a different channel with the theory being YouTube's algorithm driven by minutes watched his shorter clips aren't going to have as many minutes watched and probably it's not going to align the search. I think there is strategy to that. I, Joe Rogan and the church are two different entities uh, to be clear. Um, but what, so, but there is a strategy that does make sense outside of it. I would probably lean towards you of 95% of churches should be under one umbrella, but what, what would you, but a church that's pushing back saying kids are not relevant for everybody. Kids should have the, or youth. It's so different. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that and the niche ministries with their own channel? Um, I wouldn't, if, if ministries can run channels well, you can encourage it. Great. Okay. Go and run your channel well. But yeah. the fact is, none of these ministry leaders went to school for communication. So mm-hmm. none of them are going to know how to run it well. Yes. And then you're also left with teaching and training for how to do it and expecting them to carry that out when most yeah. of them are not first nature. So they're not yeah. going to do it even yeah. after we train them on best practices. Yeah. Um, so good. So, and the fact is, most churches are not Joe Rogan. Um, there are, yeah. maybe I can count on one hand the amount of churches that have enough resources yeah. to keep a strategy like, like that going. Yeah. Let, let me ask it another way. If so, so that, that's a really good distinction you're drawing where some ministries want to go out and they want to run their own thing. Right. And I don't think it, out of the three of us who are on this uh, podcast talking about this, none of us would sign off on that because it's, it's ill-equipped. There's so much risk of going against brand and just kind of doing random stuff. That's lesser quality. Right. Um, But let me ask this question. At what point would Haley oversee another YouTube channel uh, like let's say any one of the shows you create really takes off where it's, it's multiple channels, but it's all under your watch. It, is, is there a distinction there that, that you would speak into where at that point it would be worth having multiple channels as long as it was managed by the same person or by the same department? And that better be their full-time job because that sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> sure, for sure. But if a show took off, right, a show that you're working on takes off, right, and there's, uh, it, it almost demands a separate channel uh is does that fit into the strategy or you're saying that would be that would be so far down the road uh and it would be such an astronomical number yeah i think it definitely could but if that show's taking off and getting great views you want to use the recommendations feature for some of your other content you want stuff from your existing channel to come up it might help other shows that aren't doing as well. We like doubled in subscribers on our main Bayside Church YouTube during COVID season because a lot of people just didn't even know that we had that there. And then all of the groundwork that we did beforehand with doing keyword-rich titles, descriptions, links, unique thumbnails, um, all of that groundwork that was set in place only helped the channel further take off. And those thumbnails are key in recommendations on the channels too. So it really helps spark interest. And I don't take the message title because personally, um, pastors don't really title in a way that is YouTube rich for search. They title on something that's cute and clever and fun to make a logo or a graphic out of for a series, but not necessarily something that people are actually searching for. So I'm here to help them out in that way. Um, 
and the search numbers can also show that. A lot of our messages too um, that have taken off are messages from like years and years ago. Why? Because these things can live forever on this infinite search engine, which is amazing. So in my point, in, in my opinion, if a show is doing well, to me, it can only help a lot of the other content get discovered on our existing channel. And another point that I would love to mention is what is the purpose of ministry anyway? Isn't it to help support the mission in the ministry of the church? Ministries are supposed to help support the church, not compete with the church. So when you have multiple channels out there, I always walk through someone, walk through this analogy with our teens. So Nels, you're a father, you have children, right? Yep. Let's say you attend Bayside Church, so you're going to follow the Bayside Church main brand channels on yep. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all the places. And then you're a man, so you're going to follow our Bayside Men's channel. Okay, sure. great. Click. Oh, you're also a dad, so we're going to add you to Bayside Kids. Oop, click that. Yep. If we had a separate channel for our sideshow kids content, then you'd have to follow that too, probably. Okay, so then you're in a small group too. You have to join a Facebook group now for your small group. Okay, yep. click that. And then what are some other ministries you're interested or passionate about? Can you think of anything? Uh, sports ministry. Locally sports in the community. ministry. I'm going to say Celebrate Recovery. Outreach. Celebrate Recovery. That's probably, yes, yes. Uh, it's a great ministry founded at Salback Church. Yes. It is great ministry. Um, let's say that you are a leader at Celebrate Recovery, so you follow those channels. Think of how many channels you have now acquired and yeah. are taking up your feed. It can honestly yes. start to get annoying, especially if they're not producing great content or doing what they're so supposed good. to be doing well. Yes. This is overwhelming to the end user, and churches never think about the end user. They think about what's good for themselves and their own ministry and their own agenda, when we, should, in fact, should be thinking about the sinner on the other side and welcoming them into our church and walking them through that process of sanctification. So... If every church listens to this, <laughs> every church listens to this podcast, they they will be radically different. I, I think this is going to be one of those podcasts that you need to listen to three times over and probably quarterly put on replay. Haley, one of the things I appreciate so much is, uh, and having watched you and learned from you through the years, is how systematic you are. Of like I, you know, like I was a scattered. I'm a scattered leader still, and I'm just always like, oh, shiny objects. And, and, and one of the things I learned from you is that consistency of we do this, this, and this, but you, you also know that it's always changing. So you're adapting those systems, but the consistency that your systems allow, allow for that ongoing engagement and, and that and those processes. And even as you shared about your show, like you, you look at how can we create efficiencies uh, to do this faster and create, and create better. Um, and I think that's so important for every church and no matter how big you are, or small you are, you've got to build your social media systems uh, that work for you. And then you got to constantly look at how can we get better? How do we need to adjust? Um, Haley, I want to totally switch the conversation because of the other platform that so many people are focused on is Instagram. Um, I'm, I'm curious what you're seeing, what you're doing, what you're paying attention to in, in the world of Instagram. Um, well, thank you for all those compliments, Nels. I have a question for you later that okay. I want you to share a story about, but <laughs> we can bring that back another yeah. time. Uh, Instagram is also constantly changing, and who would have guessed? It's owned by the mothership Facebook. So Facebook is also always changing. Today, my Facebook just updated to the new view, which I'm like, these guys need to worry more about how this website works than the view of it. 
in my opinion. There's a lot of things that could be fine-tuned and fixed, but yes, let's change the view of it. Um, so Instagram has been changing a lot, trying to take on some of that TikTok feel. Yep. I think it's going to take original Instagram users a longer time to adapt to it. Hmm. Um, TikTok users will probably get it a lot quicker, but it's not as smooth as TikTok. So that's so it's not going to be like stories and Snapchat the way that swapped over so easily and quickly. Exactly. Okay. You know, um, yeah. I also still love Snapchat lenses way more than Instagram lenses. So they've always they been coffee, but yeah. they don't always get it exactly right, in yeah. my opinion. Agreed. Uh, but there are a lot of options still on Instagram, and my favorite one is Instagram Stories because you can post content up there, and it goes away in 24 hours. If you're a large enough channel, you can do the swipe up feature, which posts in the feed do not have. You can't swipe up on a post. Yep. Um, you can swipe past it, <laughs> which a lot of people <laughs> do, content yep. that's great. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I just think, like, it kills me every single time when I go to a church's Instagram account and all I see are promotions in yes. the feed. How are we in 2020 again? And yes. we're still doing this. We're still yes. pushing content that we think we're pushing our own events without yes. meeting that felt need of that person or showing, yeah. hey, we see you and we care about you. Oh, and we offer this for you instead of hey, we're doing this worship night at 12 p.m. at this location in Building B. Come and see it. Why would I do that? You yes. haven't shown me that you care about me or what I'm going through or shown me how I will benefit from coming to that worship night. Yeah. And so I think, like, again, um, oh, I think it was Seth Muse who did the um, Instagram Insta Summit. Yeah. And um, I did a talk for him on creative marketing and storytelling um, because we do have, the bottom line is, as a, a communications leader at church, you do have to promote things. You have to yep. promote things. Yep. But there's a way that you can do it, that you can help meet people's needs, reach attendance goals, and um, help change people's lives ultimately. Because let's keep focusing on reaching people for Jesus, reaching mm -hmm. the lost, right? Yep. If you have dedicated members of your church, they're going to follow your channels no matter what. They're going to be at these events, whether they see it on Instagram or Facebook or not. Yeah. We want to reach those people that might have never connected with your church before, which yeah. is what you can do through Facebook ads and Instagram ads as well. Yeah. Use that felt need, show them why they should care about it, how they will benefit from it, and a tiny little link on where they can find more information. Because if yeah. you've got those, you've hooked them with the first two, they will find out how to get there. You don't need to tell them every detail in your description or in the image of your promotion. So good. So good. Yeah, Taylor, that's very I, good. I've got one more question for you. We've taken a lot of your time, but I, and I, we could go on a long time, but the, the, I, you are who most of us look to as the model for social media. Uh, where do you, where are you learning? Because you're, you know, like you don't have people to copy. You're the person people copy. Uh, so where do you go to learn uh, your new things and when you branch out? Oh gosh, Nels, that's a really great question. Um, I try to keep an, a small eye on the marketplace, but not too much because their objectives and goals are very different. Yeah. From, yeah. From ours. Any, any brands in particular that, that catch your eye in the marketplace? Off the top of my head? I'm so scattered in ADD. I just always <laughs> am looking at different things. There's not really yeah. a place I'm going to for yeah. information, but... I know this is going to sound really cheesy and corny, but when I had to write a social strategy for Saddleback Church and there was no such thing as social strategies for yep. anyone or businesses, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I was in seminary and I was reading the New Testament and that's where the social strategy came wow, from. so good. A people's strategy that yep. Jesus modeled in his ministry. And that's what we forget. It mm -hmm. doesn't have to necessarily be a communications or marketing strategy that we get from the marketplace. Yeah. We gotta focus on the people because the people are our ministry. And yeah. this was the best marketer out there. Um, my old boss, Anthony Miller, will tell you that. And he has his ABCs of marketing, um, which are great too. So keeping focused, like God's word will sustain you no matter what job you have or what, what your focus is um, work-wise. Like, I know that sounds really cheesy, yeah. but the word fills you up unlike any marketplace. They can give you great ideas but it doesn't fill up my creative cup to do what I do every single day. Um, that's just Jesus and his calling and great coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. Haley, thank I'm you. Sorry for I didn't quite answer your question, but Nils, I want you to tell me a story real quick about the yeah. one time you hired, you got my five strengths from strength finders mm -hmm. and then you hired a girl who had most of those. And, and had your same name. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I, I think in, 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 uh, you know, and I think, and she's, and she's been on this podcast before, uh, Haley Powell and she, and we've worked together for years. Uh, but it was, it was, you know, Haley, I, I remember meeting you and just thinking, I want to be just like her, you know, but I'm not, I'm not wired like her and I'm a mess and, but I need somebody just like her. And, and I, and I literally, literally I was like, and I remember I've had that conversation with Anthony, uh, like, you know, can I steal Haley away? You think she moved to Texas? Um, I would have. And uh, <laughs> if I would have, you know, it's just like this. If I would have just I'm asked sooner. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Um, but, yeah, it, and it worked out so well, hiring somebody just like you, because Haley has crushed it and continues to crush it um, in this world as well. Um, there's a unique wiring that you have. But I think so much of it is your humility. Um, and and I, I love, too, that you just go back to the word. Um, and you're going to continue to push it. So I, I want to encourage everybody, follow Haley on social media. Um, I just, in the middle of this podcast, bought HaleyBetterest.com, and it's going to forward to this podcast episode on socialmedia.church. Oh, I, I own it, which basically means hey, I own you, Haley. Awesome. Uh, I can't so believe good. you don't actually own your own domain, even if you weren't going to use it. Uh, but I did, but I just I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you if, Clark, you if you want it. Clark owned it for me before. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, well, I own it now, uh, and it's pouring oh. now to socialmedia.church in this specific episode. If anybody wants to go to that, an easy direct link. Um, and we've got, we'll got we have all the links to Haley's social media profiles, all the links to Bayside's profiles. Uh, continue to lean in. Just watch. Uh, Haley will continue to model it, and it, there is no better model of social media done well, social media done consistently, um, and just social media that's done biblically, um, I think is probably the most significant uh, value that, that you'll see in following Bayside Church. So Haley, thank you for leading the way. Thank you for taking the time to talk thank with us today on the podcast. Thank, thank you. you thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Nels. Yeah. It's so great to be here.